0: like that exposing them to
1: life
2: where everybody supports you let me play my part to like is that real? Did that happen? Like the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you
0: still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars, eating disorder, like I didn't
3: want to die. But I didn't want to be a helpless little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower no
2: one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to create change. Yeah,
1: well that's an interesting, an interesting topic when we get into, get into the mental health thing, and I want to talk about what your organization does and what you guys are all here for and why we're hanging out first before we get into that. But don't let me forget before we get done to talk about this concept of, and it's kind of a paradox, like is recovery asking the world to adjust to us? Mm-hmm. or is recovery building those calluses so that we can go out into the world as it is and deal with it? Mm-hmm. Because these days it's all, and there's nothing wrong with it. It comes from the heart. It comes from a good place, but there's so much about trigger oh, warnings. Oh, I hate, I right, right. so
0: mm-hmm. And that's not
1: exposure. No. That's mm-hmm. not exposure. That's mm-hmm. not exposure. Okay. And that's <laughs> what the <laughs> whole transitional idea I have about.
0: such yeah. a hard time with that. Everything yeah. on Facebook, all the eating disorder groups, they've got trigger warnings. Trigger, trigger, trigger. Pretty trigger. much every yeah. thing everybody ever says is trigger warning.
1: But are you going to have your newborn sign a waiver? No.
3: Like, Brain.
1: listen, this is going to suck and you need to sign here. Like, you no, know, you, you, we're here. We have mm-hmm. to deal with this one way or another. And there's always ways to be more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am struggling to find the line as a mental health advocate between sensitive, enlightened, you know, woke,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: like, uh, just over, am I accommodating the disease now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the disease in charge? Mm-hmm. So let's back up living proof mn we're here in sunny minnesota and i'm actually not joking it's not january it's summer right now (laughs) and it's absolutely gorgeous i'm going hiking after this um and i'm here at this beautiful house where everything is made of wood like I like it. I might move into this porch. <laughs> this is a le- legit hangout room. Like, this spot is cool. You're going to, six months from now, would like, I'm still kind of sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think I'm going to hang out by the fireplace. Just ignore me.
1: <laughs> so why don't we go around the circle? I'm Teresa, as always. I'm um, Kel's wife, and I run the Kelly Nicole Foundation kind of. Um, And let's go around the room and just kind of say what Living Proof is, and you guys can introduce yourselves formally.
0: Cool. I'm Shira. I am the founder, I guess, president. I don't really like titles, but, you know. Um, And I've been in recovery almost six years, and about a year ago, just knew that I needed to help people find recovery, because it was a long journey for me. And there was a lot of times where I thought, if somebody could have really stepped up and Help me in a different way, what maybe I could have gained more years of my life. And so here I am today helping people. I've got about 13 to 14 mentees right now and growing at New Zealand and South Africa and London um, and then here in the States and the US. Um, and we're hoping to launch uh, transitional housing soon.
1: So can you get into this concept, we'll keep going around the room, but what is Living Proof MN? So you talked about the personal side, but this this idea of transitional mentorship, but you live there, right? So it's kind of after treatment. Yep,
0: kind of after they've established a kind of a good foundation, and this is really helping them to get back into life, not focused just on the eating disorder, but what it is that they thrive in and find purpose in and... Um, just kind of like we were saying, exposing them to life and how can you deal with the everyday um, stressors in a different way, not using the coping mechanism of the eating disorder or whatever
1: it is. For sure. Yeah.
2: Cool. And then Uh, my name is Tracy and I am Shira's husband and uh, assistant. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. So have you been with this from day one, or were you doing this before you guys met? Or
2: nope. No, no, pretty much day one. We met right after she left treatment. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, they, they, we attend, attended a writing group in the morning, and Shira left treatment and said, I need to do this on my own because they don't believe in me, and they're not backing me up, and they're not helping me anymore. So we met and shared stories, and I recognized a pain and a struggle and Shira, and exchanging stories, that really really resonated with me. And uh, I'm 25-plus years clean from drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I get the addiction part of it and the mental illness part of it, and, uh, you know, I see in Shira, when she wanted to start helping people with this Living Proof MN, the passion she had for it and the desire she had to help other people. Right? She knows what did and didn't work for her and she wants to apply that. And when we talk about the transitional housing piece, it's really trying to get people to adjust back into society because they're not going to adjust to them. Right? How do we get these people that have come out of treatment and know how to operate in society again? Not using those coping mm-hmm. mechanisms, you yeah. know, those addictive uh, mechanisms. And that's, that's, it's a difficult thing, but it's, it, it doesn't exist here in Minnesota.
1: And it's weird because this is like when you said they wouldn't back her up. I'm
2: curious who the they are. Well, the people in, in, in treatment and Shere can sit, tell us, you know, for herself, but you know, they they work in a business model. They need to satisfy their investors. They need to satisfy the corporation, right? So they're really not focused on the individual, and they can't treat the individual because it's not financially productive.
1: That's Mm -hmm. weird because you think everything is trending these days. Here in Minnesota, we're in medical mecca, right? Mm -hmm. You've got just a huge, huge medical culture, and you think if we're not getting it right, how bad is it in a place Mm -hmm. like you know Mississippi? How bad is it in like Tunisia? You know, wherever New Mm -hmm. Zealand, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. Um, because this is like should be the cream of the crop as far as any kind of medical condition. People travel the world to get to Mayo and whatever. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Well, and I think with eating disorders. Unlike other addictions, it's such a vast uh, what uh, issue, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got anorexia, you've got orthorexia, you've got, you know, all these different types of eating disorders. And I think it, it's so overwhelming. People don't know how to attack it. They don't know how to address it. Mm-hmm. And, and and then it's different for everybody, you know. And that's I think it's just so overwhelming. How yeah. do you deal with it?
1: Well, that's the thing, if everything is trending towards personalized medicine, why is it considered, like, out of the box to realize, yes, we're treating individual people? You can give a million people a label, and
3: mm-hmm. you can give a
1: million people a diagnosis, which is an outstanding tool. Now we have an right. indication. Okay, great, I'm not putting down the idea of labels as a diagnosis, but the idea that, oh, we can't treat individuals, there's too many of you. Like, that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. That's crazy. So you already had the model kind of worked out in your head that you could explain, here's what, in, you know, in-house in mentorship or live-in mentorship, what do you call it?
0: Live-in recovery program? <laughs> or a transitional housing? Something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right.
1: so people come out of treatment and they can come and literally live here in, mm-hmm. in your home. And then if you have 14, mm-hmm. obviously they're not all living here, right? You right. You have right. people at various stages of yes. support.
0: Correct. Yep. We've got somebody coming in August for two weeks, um, just before she starts college. She wants to kind of have a good transition this time because oh, every year has kind of been the same thing. Um, and then I've got other people kind of saying, I'm going to go to treatment. Is it something I could come to afterwards, you know, yeah. to just kind of help me with the bridge? because." Like we said, there really is nothing.
1: There needs to be a bridge. And we were talking about the parallel when we hung out last time about like when you get let out of jail. Mm-hmm. Um, not that a mental illness is a crime, but it's similar in that you, you go into a place where all your life is controlled. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the wild world, and, and, they, and you've just been told you can't be trusted. We don't believe you. We're walking with you to the bathroom. We're don't, you know, no, no, mm-hmm. nothing. Don't believe yourself. Okay, and go out that door. Goodbye. Have a nice life. And for God's sakes, don't fuck up.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: <laughs> there's There's got to be a transition. Yeah. I can't understand why this is even new. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. You know? But am I, am I, Sorry. But I just feel like it's just a, the big difference is, like, it's a different environment, too. Because, like, there is day treatment, but it's still kind of, like, that hospital feel. Like, it's still, like, super controlled, like you were saying. Like, this is a transition. So, like, we're still going out and grocery shopping and still, like, doing these practice things that, like, you wouldn't do in an average day treatment. Like... Well, I think that's
2: the big difference, right? What the model is for this transitional housing is that, listen, it, we're not a facility, it's not a hospital, it's not a clinic, mm-hmm. right? The idea is come and live in our family. See what it's like to live in a family unit where everybody supports you, they don't judge you, they don't question you, they don't, you know, right off the bat think, mm-hmm. oh, you're whatever. Mm-hmm. They're here to help you and support you all the way and that means going to us to shopping, going out to dinner, going to do fun things, whatever. Mm-hmm. And doing the in-house support,
0: mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah, doing some hard work, you know. And yeah. I there was an issue I won't say in public, but um, that nobody's actually ever asked her about. Yeah. And it's as we've been knowing, knowing each other for a few months now, like it keeps coming up. And I said, "Has anybody in therapy ever talked to you about?" It? I'm just like, "No." I'm like, "I think this is a really big deal."
3: Right. And yeah. I think that's the other thing is like treatments are like they slap a band-aid on like let's get your weight up or like let's get you not suicidal or whatever treatment it is and you go out but they never get to the root of the problem. Like that I think that's yeah. a really big thing too, like I
1: feel yeah. At least for me,
3: I feel like that's pretty common for a lot of people. Like no one really touches the root, they're just like let's heal you and yeah. send you out. Like There's
1: so much of that. Like people get kicked out of um out-of-treatment centers literally walked out the front door when their weight stabilizes sometimes because Mm -hmm. uh, the payers will come along Mm -hmm. um, and say, oh, she's better Mm -hmm. or he's better, right? And say, okay, well, I never say pounds or calories or any numbers on this show, but, like, you know, you're X pounds now, Mm -hmm. and that's within the healthy rate of a BMI. So that means your mind is put back together. But it's not.
2: Mm -hmm. Right? It's just the beginning. You've seen that, right? If you've lived with an eating disorder for a number of years, your body starts to acclimate to... Uh, existing and operating under certain circumstances, way underweight, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you go to the hospital and they check you out. Oh, the VMI is fine. You know, the heart rate's fine, whatever. You're good to go. You know, you mm-hmm. don't need help.
1: Uh, clearly there's problems. Right. And, and even if those bioindicators, which are critical, right, if they're literally your vitals, um, are looking good, you did that in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Right. You did that with everyone telling you what to do, what not to do, and watching your every move. Mm-hmm. And then like I said, you go back out into the ice cold world, are you really ready? Mm-hmm. You know? And if you weren't, then those biometric indicators are gonna show that a year from now. Oh, this person wasn't really ready, I wonder what messed up. And then the question becomes Did they fail treatment or is treatment failing people? I believe treatment is Mm -hmm. failing people. Not all the time. There's great things that happen. You know, maybe you're still here because of some of those other places and you Mm -hmm. can share whatever you want of your story if you feel like it, but we need to look at the people in the revolving door um, and say, they're not failing. Treatment has something missing, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe it's not personalized enough or maybe there's not enough of the... The accountability piece where they say, okay, now we're going to have an outing. Like, Kel was an IDP and she was always on outings. It's Tuesday, we have another fucking outing, and we're going to feel like all they do is feed us. And it's like, okay, well, Well, three times a day counts, kind of normal. She's like, three times? That's insane. Uh, (laughs) So she goes, God, her thoughts on food, I can't even. Still, I can't even, like, fathom because I'm just, like, I like to eat. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there'd be those moments where she'd she'd be like, okay, we went out and did this and that. And do you get to make your own choices in those moments, like experiences you've had? Or do you feel like even that's still a little bit too much, like, you're held by the hand?
3: I feel like it depends on the treatment and, like, where you're at. But sometimes... I think it really depends. Like, sometimes it is pretty controlled. They're like, we're going here, or this is what's happening, or this is the outing. But sometimes they let us decide, too. But Mm -hmm. nevertheless, it's still, like, somewhat controlled, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Don't worry about anything you say here is not going to be brought back to you after she leaves.
3: (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I'm not going to hold anything against you,
1: No, I think think that even, like, I talk to people who work in this space, and they all have their criticisms, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like people talking about what could be better about the company they work for. Everyone mm-hmm. has ideas, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not a matter of we need to protect the institution of eating disorder treatment, right. you mm-hmm. know, like it's some fragile house of cards. Um, I think it needs to be poked, and there's been so little research because so little money is spent on this. Mm-hmm. Right,
2: absolutely.
1: Oh, if you're a food addict, well, just don't eat so much. If you don't eat at all, well, then just, just, just eat. And right. That's, that, that's the extent of the research, <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, not quite enough. enough.
2: Well, it's so oh. difficult because unlike other addictions, you need food to survive. Yeah. You can't abstain. Yeah. yeah. Right?
0: And, yeah, that I mean, trying to figure out where yeah. is that middle ground, how do I feel okay with this, mm-hmm. you know, just having food in your stomach, I mean, I think it's a daily, minute-by-minute struggle. Like, this doesn't feel normal to me. Mm-hmm. And how how long does that take? We can't put a time frame on that yeah.
1: at mm-hmm. all. Do you mind if I ask you some questions? If you don't like a yeah. question, you can just be like, yeah, no, know. yeah, for okay. sure. Kelly used to talk about um that when you start eating again um really you get access to emotions that you didn't necessarily want. Mm-hmm. Have you found yourself to feel more emotional when when you're eating "quote unquote" healthy when you're doing the right things yeah. physically but you're having negative emotional responses?
3: Yeah, I'd say so. I feel like that's with any addiction like that you're trying to stop to be honest, like it is a mask of some form like Yeah, I'd say so. For sure. Yeah.
1: And I, I'm trying to picture, like, if you're doing what the world is telling you, okay, Nolly, this is great, good for you, you mm-hmm. ate that wrap. Um, but then you have a negative consequence. It would be almost feel like an allergy. Like, the world doesn't understand. The rest of the world can have that cheese, but I'm lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. So they just don't get it. I'm going to stay away from the cheese, because every time I have some, I get sick. And they just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Is there a little bit of
3: that feeling, like the world doesn't get it? Um, I feel like a lot of people do get it. Um, I have f- I don't know I feel like some of the world gets it but I feel like it's still a big stigma out yeah there. for sure Yeah,
2: oh definitely a stigma yeah.
3: yeah like it's gotten a lot better and a lot more out there and like I feel like a lot more people are open about their mental like health but yeah yeah
2: that
1: feeling that like when you're doing what you were told was the right thing to do but then you have a negative yeah. in your mind how do you build I guess I'm asking like how do you build the um, reward response center in your head correctly
0: mm-hmm. when
1: doing what you want initially or doing what you're told to do initially that you know yeah. in your mind is good for you? I have to eat.
3: I think those um, small mo- motivators are the really big. Because I think yeah. people use, like, the long-term motivators, and sometimes that's not helpful because it's way too far away. And you're it's like, oh, <laughs> I'll just have one more bad day. Like, that's fine. Like, yeah. like one more meal is not going to make a difference. But, like, if you make those, like, super short-term goals, like, I don't know, like, Like your brother's wedding. Yeah, like my brother's wedding. Like, I was going to go to the hospital soon if I didn't start, like, eating. I was like, oh, I got to, like, do it. Like, I cannot miss my brother's wedding. Like, I just got to eat the meals, and I just, like, have to do it. Like, there's no doubt about it. And then, I mean, I don't know. I just think, like, getting those small small motivators are super big. Were you able to do that then? Yeah. Do you look back
1: on that and say, okay, can I... Like, she can't just keep getting married, but... (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how's it going? You guys struggling? (laughs) Should we do that wedding again? Uh, Are you interested in Mormonism? Um, No, like, have you been able to, like, kind of create, like, another version of that so that Mm -hmm. you can come up with another
3: small win? Um, I feel like I haven't found any, like small term because that was just this past weekend like I feel like I haven't yeah, found any like small term motivators like yeah but I'm just trying to do it for myself which is like really difficult but like like I said I've been going to treatment since I was 12 so 2012 and like eventually it's kind of just like you want to be done with it like
1: yeah, yeah, when does life start, you know? Mm-hmm. Like
3: yeah. when,
1: you know, you can't live your whole life in a hospital, right? Right,
3: yeah. And, and then, I feel like this is, like, really different, too. I keep trying to remind myself that, like, this isn't, I'm not just going back to Mount Like, this isn't, like, another Emily program. Like, this is different. Like, yeah, that's another you thing that keeps me trying, day? yeah. Like, this is different.
2: You said something the other day about deciding, you know what, maybe, maybe I'm not going to work towards that concert, right? Maybe mm-hmm. I just need to say, yeah, that's what I yeah. need
3: to do. Because, like, I had been a year and seven months self-harm, like, free. But then I relapsed, like, a couple months ago. And then they were, like, thinking of, like, motivators for me. And then they were like, how about a concert? And I was like, oh, it would be awesome. And I found someone. And then the other day I was like, I shouldn't need a concert to not self-harm. Like, I should just do that for me. Like, yeah. You know?
1: It's easy to say, mm-hmm. but that yeah. you're shutting yourself. Which all the counselors talk about, right? Shouldn't want to go. The, yeah. the word "should" is not always yeah. the greatest motivator because we can always hold ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, to a higher mm-hmm. standard or see that higher standard and say, "Well, I didn't get there today. It must suck," you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So that's a tough thing. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: So what's been, um, what's it kind of been like having something different than the re- regular revolving mm-hmm. door, back to treatment, back to treatment?
3: I feel like it's. Nice to kind of have, like, a homey environment. Uh It's like my dad always says, like, the hospitals are just always, like, such a cold environment, you know. And like you said, it's super controlled. Like, that isn't helpful when you have an eating disorder, kind of, when everything's so controlled and you don't have, like, mm-hmm. any semblance of control. So it's kind of nice to have, like, a little bit more freedom and, like, I don't know, it's just nice to, like, have, like, be in a home and not hospital. you Yeah. Know?
0: For sure. I think one of the things that I'm still trying to understand is so many people don't know anybody
1: in recovery. They don't know anybody <laughs> right? they can talk with about this. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so people have been reaching out to me through social media, and, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, in recovery doing this um, mentoring thing. And they're like, oh, wow. Like, you could really help me because you, you understand it. Yeah. It's like, there's other people out there, but, you know, Tracy and I were talking. I think people, if they get to that point where they are in recovery or recovered, they're just like, I'm done. I don't want to even like, go back to those mm-hmm. days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but in the same sense, like those people that are doing well could be such assets to the people that are still mm-hmm. struggling.
1: Absolutely. Because
0: yeah. it gives them, like, I've gone through this. If she knew me seven years ago, it, it is light, night and day. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like it's so hard for me even to remember how severe it was.
1: Mm-hmm mind does
2: block out a few of the worst things doesn't it, it does well yeah, that's very part of the powerful. program too that you know we thought would be really helpful yeah. right i mean you make it to the program mm-hmm. and you stay clean and you're and you're healthy how can you give back yep. to those same people that are in need mm-hmm. you know how can you come back and be a mentor
3: mm-hmm. and help
2: those next people yep. you know exactly
1: i can see both sides of it i can see the work you're doing being super satisfying mm-hmm. um and maybe that's you know, I'm not a person recovering, I'm a person working through, you know, the worst thing I could have ever imagined, and mm-hmm. this has a satisfying effect over time as people say that they were touched by it, and obviously I want more than anything, I want people to also hear Kel's voice, um, but then I can see the side of people saying, you know what, this is my past, I don't want to stare at it every morning for the rest of my life, I just want mm-hmm. this behind me, like you were saying, do I live in a hospital forever? Right. You know, do I talk about this forever? Like, is there a day when you will stop, t- will not say, I'm in recovery, or will you say, I used to have an eating disorder? Like, what's the difference between those phrases, mentally? I don't know. That's
0: so hard, because people are like, you could never recover from an eating disorder. You're always in recovery from an eating disorder. That's interesting. Yeah, oh. even
3: people like the dietitians and stuff say that, like yeah.
1: therapists,
3: too. Do they pull that from AA? I I don't right.
2: I mean that's that's <laughs> what we call it, and, and yeah, as alcoholics or drug, addicts, right. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's been over twenty five years. For me, I don't go to AA meetings or whatever. I have my own practice, the, my own things that you know to manage. Yet, but I do wake up every single day, and that's one of the first things I always think about every day. Still to this day, I wake up and I say, I like where I'm at. I like what I'm doing. I like not <laughs> being where I was. Yeah. You know. And um, that's yeah.
3: The thing too is like thinking about it every day because if you, like, stop Mm -hmm. thinking about recovery and you're just like, oh, I'm in recovery now, like, things are going good, but you don't think about it every day, then you're going to go back to the way it was because then you start being, like, lacking, like, Mm oh, I'm a snack. Okay, like, I'm in recovery. That's all right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, you get comfortable, right?
2: And and then all of a sudden you find yourself doing things that you shouldn't (laughs) be doing. Yeah. (laughs) Or the
1: first, or you're going okay and life is going all right, job is okay, friends are okay, health is okay. And then the first really hard hit that you take, what's your instinct? Okay, well, what used to make me feel safe? Mm -hmm. Not eating. You know, I think I can go and just skip dinner Mm -hmm. and then probably breakfast and lunch and then dinner again. And then I'll have a snack on Saturday (laughs) and I'll I'll still be alive and I just can't take this right now. So why push? You know, why push myself out of this thing that I know was so useful for me for so many years, even though I know it's killing me? Get the music behind
0: the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys
3: haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement Buy the album.
0: Get your Kelly Nicole Band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org.
3: Courage is from Apple